Are you guys getting a little picture here? Got this huge throne, 24 thrones around it. These other elders in white, gold. Got the sea that's just like crystal, this emerald like rainbow thing going on. You got flashes of lightning, the rolling of thunder. Just this huge big scene. And these beings that look like lions and tigers and bears, oh my. And, and they got six wings. And it's just, blow, not, there's nothing like that here. I don't think I've ever seen any pictures like that. Um, how just this big and, and these awesome, awesome beings that look like majestic as an eagle in flight and a lion and a human's face, six wings day after day, night after night, they keep saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God, the almighty, the one who always was, who is and who is still to come. Holy, holy, holy is like set apart. That there is no one like you. There's no one like you. There's no one like you. There is no one like you. Oh God Almighty. You are pure and perfect. And whenever the living beings begin. Um, they give glory and honor and thanks to the one sitting on the throne. The one who lives forever and ever. The 24 elders. They fall down and worship the one sitting on the throne, the one who lives forever and ever. And they lay their crowns before the throne and say, you are worthy, O Lord, our God, to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things. And they exist because you created what you pleased. So every time these things, these creatures would sing, holy, 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 these elders would come down and they would say, you are worthy to receive all glory and honor and power for you created all things. And they exist because you created what you pleased. Oh, we're going to get into the magnitude of that in just a second. I want you guys to see a little clip from a movie. It's called 180. It is a powerful, very good 30-minute movie that I really encourage you guys to check out. It's on YouTube, as you can see. Um, we all, that's also on DVD. We're going to be getting these DVDs in. And this is only a little snippet of it. He started World War II. It's 1939. You've got a high-powered rifle, and Adolf Hitler is in your sights. Do you take him out? Absolutely. Okay. So you didn't hesitate. Would you take him out? Yes. Yeah, it's uh, about 30 years earlier. Um, Mrs. Hitler is pregnant with Adolf. Would you take her out? If I knew what he was going to do? Yeah. Would you shoot him? Immediately. Immediately. I would shoot him and tear him apart. If you go back 30 years earlier and Adolf Hitler's mother is pregnant with Adolf and you've got a high-powered rifle you had one shot would you take him out would you kill her to kill him uh, definitely, definitely. Uh, kill her kill him and kill his relatives everybody who belongs to hitler family did he kill millions of russians oh yeah that's not he personally but german army did millions and millions russia lost about 30 millions people in the Second World War. Uh, uh, he destroyed, uh, German army destroyed uh, most of the European part of Soviet Union. Did you lose any relatives? Oh yeah, I lost my father, 
my grandmother, my aunt, my mother. Wow. Now, there's a lot of pain there, obviously, in that older gentleman losing his father and his grandmother, his aunt. I don't know. That's a tough question. If you had a high-powered rifle, would you take Hitler out? Would you take his mom out if you knew what Hitler would become and the devastation and the destruction? Um, you know, that movie actually is about abortion. Um, it's a powerful, very good movie. Um, let's reframe this picture. Knowing what would become of us, why wouldn't God just take us out too? Why would God even start the process of creation knowing what we would become, knowing what would happen to us, what would happen to him? Why even start the process? The answer Love. His kind intention, his kind, his good intention, the kindness of God. This, this is a tough thing as we start to realize who we are and who he is. Um, I want you guys to say, it's not about me. Go ahead, say it again. It's not about me. Thank God, it's not about me. It's all about him, yet... In some uh, powerful, moving, loving sense, it is about me. All of creation, everything that has happened is, is because he wants me with him. He wants you with him. But it's not centered on us. It's centered on Christ. Let's look at First John. I'm sorry, John. The Gospel of John, chapter 1. Um, you don't have to turn there. It's right here in the beginning. Say beginning in the beginning. The word already existed. The word was with God and the word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. It says we talked about the word was in the beginning and now we see he existed. What is it? talk? Who is that talking about? Jesus, the word Jesus is the word of God made flesh. He existed in the beginning, and God created everything through Christ. Nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought light to everyone. Jesus was there on the scene at the beginning of creation. You guys get that? That's what this scripture is saying. So let's move on to Genesis chapter 1. The very last verse of Genesis 1 and the first verse of Genesis 2 says, Then God looked over all he had made, and he saw that it was very good. And evening passed and morning came, marking the sixth day. So the creation of the heavens and the earth and everything in them was completed. Perfect. It was finished. You guys know what happened? Yeah? But us, right? (laughs) 
but we chose, we chose to sin against God. I love how Romans 5 sums it up. Here it is right here on the message. You know the story of how Adam landed us in the dilemma we're in. First sin, then death, and no one exempt from either sin or death. That sin disturbed relations with God and everything and everyone. But the extent of the disturbance was not clear until God spelled it out in detail to Moses. We didn't know just how bad we messed things up until God gave us his law. Gave us the Ten Commandments with Moses. So death, this huge abyss separating us from God, dominated the landscape from Adam to Moses. Even those who didn't sin precisely as Adam did by disobeying a specific command of God still had to experience this termination of life, this separation from God. But Adam, who got us into this, also points ahead to the one who will get us out of it. Here it is in a nutshell. Just as one person did it wrong and got us, all, got us in all this trouble with sin and death, another person did it right and got us out of it. But more than just getting us out of trouble, he got us into life. Amen? This is the gospel message really condensed. 1 Peter chapter 1 says, for you know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors. And the ransom he paid was not mere gold or silver. It was the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless lamb of God. God chose him as your ransom long before the world began. How long ago? Whoa. If God knew what would become of us, why even start? Before the world began, he had appointed the redemption. Whoa. But he has now revealed him, Jesus, to you in these last days. Through Christ, you have come to trust in God. And you have placed your faith and hope in God because he raised Christ from the dead and gave him great glory. God intentionally created everything and everyone knowing that it would cost him his son's life. In the beginning, God appointed for man to live in paradise. Though we've ruined that, God still has great plans of blessing and joy in store for us. A glory that surpasses the garden, even. And we see this plan of blessing and joy. Say blessing and joy. Say plan. These are all awesome words when we start to unravel just how big this situation is. God's plan of blessing and joy, we see it powerfully. We see it nice and concise in eight verses right in Ephesians chapter 1. All right, so let's go ahead and open our Bibles to Ephesians chapter 1. I'm going to read it from uh, two different versions. I'm going to read from New American and from New Living. If you don't have a Bible, there's one in the, the chair in front of you. There's, there should be at least two in the row. 
You'll find Ephesians. It's uh, in the New Testament. It's uh, if you open up the Bible and you go like three quarters of the way, you'll get close to the New Testament, and you'll see Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Then you'll see Acts, Romans, Corinthians, Galatians. Oh, man, I just confused you. I'm sorry. You got Ephesians. If you don't know, ask a neighbor. All right. Let's look at this. It's on the wall too. Ephesians 1, 3 through 11. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every, say every, every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we would be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us to adoption as sons through Jesus Christ to himself, according to the kind intention. Say kind intention. Oh, come on. Say kind intention. According to the kind intention of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, which he freely bestowed on us in the beloved. The beloved is Jesus. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished on us in all wisdom and insight. He made known to us the mystery of his will according to his kind intention. Can I say kind intention? Oh, come on. Say kind intention. Which he purposed in him. Him is Christ. With a view to an administration suitable to the fullness of the times, that is, the summing up of all things in Christ, things in the heavens and things on the earth. In him also we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to his purpose, who works all things after the counsel of his will. Amen. I like how New Living Translation reads. Um, it's, a, it's a little bit more modern uh, dialogue. And it says, let's read this all together. All right. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. So we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. He has showered his kindness on us along with all wisdom and understanding. Come on, bring your voice up. God has now revealed to us his mysterious plan regarding Christ, a plan to fulfill his own good pleasure. And this is the plan. At the right time, he will bring everything together under the authority of Christ. Everything in heaven and on earth. Furthermore, 
Because we are united with Christ, we have received an inheritance from God. For he chose us in advance, and he makes everything work out according to his plan. Amen. So, a lot of people get hung up on verse 5, where it talks about predestination. A lot of people like stop there, and they forget what's happening with the rest of this. Um, we're not going to go into that. We're not going to stop there. Because that's just part A of like 11 points here. This is, this is huge. Um, if you want to know more about uh, predestination and whatnot, we can talk afterwards. You can uh, make an appointment, talk with Pastor Joel, see what, where we stand with that. Um, but really, God, knowing everything that would happen, he, he chose to, co- to, to say, let there be light. And he chose you to be a recipient of his grace. And that's why you're here today. Because he works everything according to his plan. There's no, you guys ever, you, I know you guys probably have said it. Nothing happens by chance. There's no coincidence. Everything happens for a reason, right? Everything happens because God said so. <laughs> and sometimes we don't like that. Sometimes we don't like that God said so. You know, what is God's motivation or intention? It says, according to his kind intention, he did this. The kind intention of his will. He went through with all this. What is God's motivation or intention? Answer, it is always only good. Will you guys say that? Always only good. The answer, it is love. Whoever said that, that is absolutely right. It is love. It is God's motivation. His intention is always only good. Uh, Growing up, I heard that God is good and the devil is bad. Therefore, God can do no bad and the devil can do no good. Which is absolutely doctrinally sound and true. And it's simple. Third graders can get this. And that is what we forget. When things don't go our way, according to our plan, we forget that God is always only good. But I digress. We can trust the intentionality of God. Say intentionality. My teens might be sick of hearing me say intentionality. I've been saying it for like the last year and a half. Intentionality. We got to be intentional. Um, But how can we really be motivated to be intentional unless we see God's intentionality? And that's what we're talking about today. The greatness of God, we're going to be talking about the intentionality of God. Intentionality. What are intentions? Anybody? What are intentions? Plans? Anyone else? I mean, it's not like a quiz. Intentions. Intentions are, are, it's a desire. It is a plan. Um, It's a, it's a, it's a thought. I intended to send a Christmas present. Um, (laughs) But, but when we're talking about the intention of God, we're talking about being intent on doing something. I am focused 
I am driven, and I will see it to its end. Does that make sense? I'm going to be intentional to finish the siding on my house. I'm going to see it to its end. All right? That means... I have to make phone calls. That means I have to get supplies ready. I have to get help ready. I have to plan it, the plan the work, and I've got to cut the pieces. I have to be intentional. I can't just hope or plan that the siding's going to put itself on the house. It requires action. And God is intent. We we I don't have the scripture, but we see how He sends His word out. And it accomplishes the purpose for which it was sent. It does not return void. Okay? God is intentional. With everything he does, he wastes nothing. God does not waste your pain. He does not waste your pain. I promise you this. I've experienced it myself. I've heard it through other people's testimonies. And I've seen it throughout the scriptures. God does not waste anything, anyone, any time, any pain. He uses it all to work together for good to those who love him and are called according to his purposes. Do you love him? Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster. They are to give you a future and a hope. These are God's plans. We can trust God's intentions because he has plans. We have ideas. Yeah? So let's look at your bulletin insert, God's kind intention. I've got a lot of fill in the blanks there. Next time I'll try to have less. I thought you guys might have fun with this. We read Ephesians chapter 1, 3 through 11, and when you read it all together, sometimes it, it kind of gets all meshed up, meshed together and blended and, and maybe even confusing. So we're going to pick it apart and we're going to see what is God's kind intention? What does it look like? What does he say his kind intention is? In verse 3, we see that we have received every spiritual blessing. His kind intention from the beginning of time, even through our rebellion and our dismissal of him, is that we would receive every spiritual blessing. Not just, not just some, not just a little bit. Oh, God doesn't want me completely restored or healed or forgiven. No, that is a lie from the pit of hell. You have every spiritual blessing. Amen? Amen. That is God's kind intention. Let's look at verse 4. According to verse 4, it says that we are holy and blameless before him. We are cleansed and covered by his love. We sang the song this morning, it's all because of Jesus I'm alive. And... On the, the chorus of that, it's all because the blood of Jesus Christ covers me and raised this dead man's life. It's all because of Jesus I'm alive. 
And love covers a multitude of sins. And his blood is what makes us right before God. That he was the perfect sacrifice. We are holy and blameless before him. Listen, man, I I know I am not blameless before God. I mess up. I make mistakes. I make bad choices. And I probably will again in the near future. But I don't have to. I don't have to because I have the spirit of God living in me, the same Holy Spirit who kept Jesus sinless in this life, who guided and directed, comforted and strengthened Jesus through the wilderness, through the miracles, through everyone, uh, the assault on him. We have the same Holy Spirit ministering to us. And you can go one day, one week, one month, one year, ten years without sinning so long as you yield to the Holy Spirit. That's what, he, that's what Romans chapter 8 talks about. The mindset on the things of the flesh will fulfill the things of the flesh. But the mindset on the things of the Spirit will accomplish the fruit of the Spirit. We'll see that evidence in our life. That's, that doesn't happen without Jesus. If it wasn't for Jesus, where would you be? I think I'd be in jail. I know you're thinking, you seem like a pretty good guy, Joel. I, I got some like dark side in me where I'm just, I think about, man, how could you rob that bank? And, that, and just like, you know, get past all the security measures and stuff. Like that's, that's the kind of thing, like my brain, how would you get around these things and whatever? And I am bold and daring and dumb enough to try it, you know? So if it wasn't for the regeneration of my mind, <laughs> man, I would probably be in jail uh, or prison or dead. Um, you know, growing up, I had this, uh, this fascination, this curiosity about um, drugs, hallucinogens and stuff. What would it be like to hallucinate? I never found out. I never tried. You know, I, I didn't want to smoke, didn't want to drink, don't like needles. I'm just like, I don't know. I'm thinking, man, if there was a pill I could take to experience it without the sudden heart failure and without, you know, unexplained death and, and hospitalization and things like that, I, I, just to see what it's like to hallucinate. That was kind of fascinating for me and how twisted that is. And, and the things that we get preoccupied with and, and the, the places we go and, and how quick we are to commit murder in our hearts. Just given over to ourselves. And the things that, that we just go and we, we entertain these thoughts. And if we, we don't check that, we don't, we don't come against that. Man, it does not leave us holy and blameless before God. Yeah, amen? I mean, now, now how then does... Does God have this, I I almost would say, audacity to say that I am holy and blameless before him? My sin is ever before me. I know who I was and what I did. And yeah, I could say, well, I'm not as bad as him. I don't know. (laughs) But, But nevertheless, despite comparing yourself to someone else, your standard that God compares you to is Jesus. And we all fall short of that. So holy and blameless before God, 
there's no way. That's not about us. That's all about Jesus. It's because of him that we are presented without fault before God. That that slate has been wiped clean. Amen? And it's because of his love that we are cleansed and covered. Um, I wanted to say, I feel like, I feel like I should probably, I wanted to make a comment here. Oh, yes, I did want to make a comment. Can you bring my laptop up here, Mario? Oh, Gina's got it. That's my lovely bride. She's ready to pop any day. So I'm glad. I'm glad that she hasn't so that I could talk to you guys today. Um, okay. What I want to say here about the um, co- cleansed and covered by his love, Adam and Eve, you see, we get to experience God in a whole different in a different light, Adam and Eve got to experience God in a different way than we do. They knew him in purity. We will never know him in purity until we get to heaven. Um, but they only got a revelation, a partial revelation of God as redeemer. Because we got the full redemption. They had to have animal sacrifices to try and make things right with God, but it was never good enough because the next day you'd go and sin, you're just as guilty as if you'd sinned all year. And so the redemption wasn't complete, wasn't perfect. It was a partial redemption. And now we have the complete redemption. Through Jesus' shed blood on the cross, we experience the fullness of God's forgiveness and redemption and the power to live a life that honors him every day. Amen? And so that's where um, part of the redemption is that even though they had failed and they had sinned, it was obvious God had a plan before it all started. And he says, though the curse comes and you're going to have to work to get food now and, and there's going to be death and sin and pain and suffering, he says, he gives a promise that her seed will make all things right. That's Jesus Christ would come and make all things better. And he even killed the first animal. God killed the first animal ever. And he used that skin to clothe them in their nakedness so they wouldn't be ashamed anymore. That's a partial redemption. And now we stand holy and blameless in the sight of God because of what Jesus has done, the perfect sacrifice. Amen? I think it's just, it's just so cool. Let's go to verse 5. <clears throat> the point on your bulletin insert there, verse 5, says that we are adopted as legitimate children. We are co-heirs with Christ. We are pleasing to God. And he wants us to be with him. Just think about your own story and your own walk with God. And just think about how bizarre this is that God's kind intention this is what he has in store for you today not not tomorrow not not when you die this is what is ours today 
we are adopted into his family. We are pleasing to him. And he wants us to be with him. Do you ever think you can surprise God? You know, I, I just, sometimes I'm talking with, with teenagers and, and stuff and, and they're, it's almost like they have this mindset that's like God's up in heaven going, oh man, that totally ruins everything I was thinking. I wasn't expecting her to go out with this guy and get pregnant from him. That totally ruined my plan. I don't, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? I got to come up with something different here. Plan B, plan B. What am I going to do with her life? Oh, now I got a plan on this baby. I wasn't, she was supposed to marry John over here five years later. And what am I doing with this baby? I got to come up with some grand scheme for this baby. Sometimes I know we think like that. Like all of a sudden we make a, a decision and it's like God's, God's having to really quick, like erase the blackboard and let's re, re, redo this equation. God knows everything that's happening, what's going to happen, and he's made provision for redemption before it even started. And there is a plan and purpose for every life. And he wants us to be with him. He wants us to be with him. It's not like, oh man, Adam and Eve, they they did what I told them not to do. They ate from the tree. Man, now I have to do something to make this right. No, he chose to make it right. He didn't have to do anything. Amen? God doesn't owe us anything. Let's go to verse 6. He freely gives us his grace. These big words, the underlying words, actually, they're all coming from the scripture. Grace. He freely gives us his grace. Like, a, like the water from a fire hydrant, you know? Just blast you. Completely covers us. Verse 7 says, we are redeemed and forgiven. I, I just, I love it. I have to look because I, I wanted to make, make a comment here. Yes. We are redeemed and forgiven. God has, he has revealed himself as redeemer. Say redeemer. Say redeemer. Does anybody have any, anybody want to explain what redeemer means? Redemption, redeemer. I didn't hear you. To buy back. There you go. You get a coupon, today's paper, and it says, go and redeem this coupon at Kroger's and you'll get 50 cents off your orange juice. Okay, to redeem it, they'll buy it back from you. They'll give you 50 cents. Okay, now you take that coupon and go to Blockbuster and try to get a discount on your movie. What happens? It's worthless. It's worthless. And you look at it. Have you ever looked at the coupons and it says the value is 0.0001 cent or something like that? Um, I've just been tempted. Like, let's just save thousands of coupons and get one dollar. Hand them all in. Um, (laughs) Um, no it's the it's not even worth the paper it's printed on and and our lives we we make such a mess of our lives and it's it's just it's it seems worthless god it's like we we do all kinds of stuff and we we crush it and stomp on it spit on it run it through all kinds of other garbage and we're like uh 
man, God, I really messed this up. Can you do something with this? Absolutely he can. And he will. And he does. And he has. He has taken something putrid and vile, broken and disgusting, and he turns it into something beautiful. Only he can do that. We don't understand that. We, we don't get that. That's why you're labeled for life with all kinds of things. If you're a pedophile or if you're a diabetic or if you're some ADHD diagnosed attention deficit, you're labeled for life because we don't know redemption. We don't, it's broke. We ain't going to fix this. That's something in the head. It's screwy. We can try and give you some drugs to make sure you know, don't go psycho, but that doesn't fix anything. That helps you cope. It doesn't cure. God cures. Amen? He redeems and takes something that's completely wasted and worthless, and he makes it valuable. He makes it beautiful. And that's his kind intention, that we are redeemed. And in addition to that, we are forgiven. We are completely forgiven. God doesn't forgive 60%. God forgives completely. And he doesn't take it back. I just, I love it. Isn't that exciting? That's God's forgiveness. God's redemption. I mess up. I spit in his face. I am broken inside when I realize the distance between me and him. And he takes me back. And he completely forgives me. And he chooses not to remember it. God doesn't forget anything. He chooses not to remember it. He chooses not to hold it against us anymore. Wow. Can you imagine what your life would be like if you forgave people like that? Verse 8. He lavishes his grace on us. I'm just, guys, do you have a picture of what, like, lavishing? I don't have my dictionary. I wish I did. To, to lavish. It's just like, just... I'm I'm thinking like Pepe Le Pew, you know, the skunk in the cartoons, you know. He's like, you know, you are the peanut to my brittle. And and he's just like lavishing, uh, you know, just praises to to this little cat. And and he's just oozing romance and and just, it's it's, it's almost nasty how gushy it is. And I'm just thinking, he, he lavishes his grace on us. And he showers his kindness on us. This is God's intention. Are you guys getting this? He means to do this. He will see it to its end. And this is what we experience. Every blessing. He showers his kindness. And along with that, he gives us wisdom and insight and understanding. You're going you're gonna to love this when we get to the next verse. He gives us wisdom and insight and understanding. Because apart from that, we're clueless. Apart from that, we just go on our own thing. We figure it out on our own wisdom, our own understanding. And then we make a big mess of things. And if you could fix it, you wouldn't be broke. But God. He gives us wisdom, insight, and understanding. Let's look at verse 9. He trusts us with his secrets. Some of you have a problem with gossip. 
He trusts you with his secrets. You don't deserve it, but he makes you worthy. Amen? I mean, come on. He trusts us with his secrets. He unveils our eyes to the mystery of his desires. What does God want me to do? Well, here, let me show you. He spells it out in his word. What does God want me to do? Read his word. You'll see. Listen to his spirit. When you pray, stop talking. Listen. What does he want me to do? He reveals himself to us. He gives us all wisdom, insight, and understanding. He trusts us with his secrets. He unveils our eyes to the mystery of his desires. He wants to make himself known. He wants to. It's, he's not like the man behind the curtain on the Wizard of Oz. You know what I'm saying? He's not, you know, putting on some big show and I'm God, you must bow before me. We bow before him because of his kind intentions. We bow before him because he doesn't remain a mystery. Man, God is so awesome. We don't deserve it, but yet he blesses us extravagantly above and beyond anything we could ever hope, dream, or imagine. I am alive today because he chose before he said, let there be light to appoint a savior for me to bring me back to him. I'm alive because of Jesus. And I experience real true life today. What real life is because of Jesus. He said, I come to give life and give it abundantly. It's a different life than those who don't know Christ. Whew. 10. Hurry up. Got to wrap up, Joel. God has, say it, brought us in. Though we deserve to be shut out, he has brought us in. He has brought us together. Not only are we blessed to be under Christ's authority, which in today's culture to be under someone's authority usually is not a good thing. I want to be my own boss. But we're under his care. We are under his charge. And he gives his angels charge over us to protect us. Whoa. We don't deserve it. Not only are we blessed to be under Christ's authority, to be gathered in and included rather than excluded, he gives us authority to advance his unparalleled rule and reign. Whoa. Come on, guys. Are you getting this? He gives us authority. I'm going through our our history and, and the black spots that he has wiped clean and how much we don't deserve authority. And he gives us authority to go out and make disciples. That's what Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Jesus says, all authority has been given to me. And now I point you, go make disciples and baptize. Teach them all the things that I have commanded. That's our charge. Let's go to the next one. Isn't that awesome? You guys see that big word? Inheritance. Man, I wish I had some family member that was a bazillionaire. I, I, I don't really know what it means to have an inheritance. Uh, one has never been left to me. <laughs> but I, I think about these, these other stories in the Bible and the inheritance that was left and all the, the wealth and, and, and the fortunes and, and the, the land that possessed. 
And I'm just thinking, wow, how cool is that? I know that there's a family in the church here who, unfortunately, um, the, their, their father, uh, their parents passed away, and then an uncle passed away. And no one cared for the uncle except for him. It was, he was like the only one who was around and really invested in the uncle's life. And so the uncle gave everything to him. Um, and they were able to move out of their duplex and build their dream home in St. Clairsville and pay for it. It was part of their inheritance. And it was a, it's a whole, that's a life-changing event. And we have an inheritance from the eternal, just, merciful. You guys should start smiling. We have an inheritance from the eternal, just, merciful, all-knowing, always faithful king of the universe. He owns it all. And we have that inheritance. And we are co-heirs with Christ. So all that Christ delights and enjoys and rules over, we also share in that with Christ. We have an inheritance that was already prepared when we were only a thought in God's mind. Before he said, let there be light. That inheritance was prepared for us. And he found us worthy to receive it. We are here today rejoicing in his goodness. Trusting him in our grief. Trusting him in our loss. Trusting him in our confusion. Why can we? Because everything has happened Just as he decided. Amen. It's easy to praise him and trust his decisions because we clearly see the results of his kind intentions. And this is where sometimes we don't think it's easy to trust God. We don't like that things happen just as he decided. Why should my pregnant daughter be killed in a car accident when she's 22 years old. That doesn't seem fair. Doesn't seem just. But God is eternal. He sees everything. He knows everything. He is merciful. He is faithful. And his intentions are always only good. And he sees things to their end. And he sees things we don't see. And many times we finally realize just how true that is. That he is always only good after the fact. After we make it through that situation we never thought we'd live through. We see his faithfulness. And we realize, what a fool I was to come in and wag my finger at you, God. You've got it all under control. And your love knows no bounds. So, why does all of heaven proclaim that God is worthy of all glory and honor and power? Why? Let's look at it. Revelation 4.11, we started with the scripture. Can we get that? Revelation 4.11. They say, you are worthy, O Lord, our God, to receive glory and honor and power. Why? For you created all things and they exist because you created what you pleased. Man, it's not enough that it's just his presence and glory of who he is and just the lightning and the thunder and just this beautiful. Man, he is worthy of all honor and glory and power because he said, let there be light, knowing everything that would happen. Whoa, man, my life, I am so valuable, so precious to God. You are so valuable. So precious to God. 
God's, God's kind intention for us, as, as determined before the foundations of the world, is to draw us to himself, presenting us holy and blameless before his glorious throne. Everything God does is motivated out of love. Say love. His will is perfect and pure. His ways are higher than ours. His love knows no bounds. His power is limitless. His timing is perfect. His glory cannot be shared. Amen. Are you guys getting this? This is my God. The one that I get to pray to who actually hears me. This is, this is your God, right? Man, his majesty is declared throughout the universe. His kindness is sincere. His faithfulness never ends. No one and no thing can compare to his greatness. Amen? His glory is on display in the farthest reaches of space. His, his glory is on display in the deepest regions of, of the sea. And in the microscopic structure of ourselves. Huge, deep, wide, unexplored, and even so small and minute. We see his glory all around us. He is to be glorified, magnified. He is reigning over. He is sustaining, preparing, and providing in this world, in his church, and in our lives. Amen? I mean, this is the greatness of our God. Yes? I mean, come on. Is that, does that move you? His kind intention is always only good. So right now, we choose to trust him. We choose to praise him because he has done great things. And he will continue to do great things. It's not about me. It is all about him. And he is worthy of our praise. Amen? He is greater than, than all. Yes? Yes, I mean, I'm excited. This is my God who chose to create me. You know, uh, we're pushing a little bit on time, but I really want to, I I really, this song has, has, has been a blessing to me and it's something that I want to be able to to have us join together in worshiping God in light of everything we have just seen and discovered, his kind intentions, the greatness of who he is. Um, I want you guys, can we do this greater than all? Um, so let's stand. Can we turn the lights off and, and let's stand and, and pour your heart out before the God who gave everything for you. Justice and truth. 
thanksgiving to God for what he's brought you through.
Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. All of the praise. He's worthy of it all. Amen? I mean, I hope you guys are seeing just the greatness of who God is, of, of, of how big He is, and the decisions that He makes, knowing that what's to happen with it, that He chooses to do it anyways. Man. You know, the intentionality of God demonstrates the love that we are to give others. You know, God is the most efficient person. He doesn't waste anything. Even our sordid past, the deplorable condition of our lives, our choices. God uses all of that to reveal his greatness and redemption. His kind intention. How much more efficient would our lives be if we were more intentional? For the month of October, we, New Life Fellowship, um, we're going to be intentional. To pray for our nation and the world around us, we're going to be intentional to take our eyes off of ourselves. To focus not on ourselves, but on others. Because it's not about me. One thing we're going to be doing to help us be intentional is the Pray 31 campaign. All right? Next week, next Sunday, I'm going to give these out. This is called a prayer atlas. We're going to be praying for every state. <laughs> we're going to be praying for our country and our nation, especially with elections coming up. We want to pray that righteousness prevails. Amen? Uh, and the man of God's choosing is appointed. So... In here, we'll see, um, it's a really, really brief, good. You'll see that half the page, that's day 15, day 16, day 17. It's very, very easy to get through. It's something you can do with your kids, something you can do with your spouse. Um, and we're going to be praying every day in October for our nation. Another thing we're being intentional to do is help with the crop walk. It's an end hunger around the world. And, and in addition to that, we're preparing the soil for you to be equipped to go out and preach the good news. I mean, it, it's amazing. You don't, we don't know who else God is drawing unless we open our mouth, unless we talk. Right? And, and that's the thing. Had the... His intention is that we have authority to go out and bring others into the kingdom to experience the riches of his glory. Amen? So that's what we're doing. We're going to be intentional. Next week, Pastor Joel is going to be talking about uh, going global. <laughs> and uh, it's, just, it's going to be great. So remember, intentionality, the kindness of our God, and the kind intention of our God as we go. So um, let's close in prayer.